0: Fresh Art International presents Conversations About Creativity in the 21st Century. This is Fresh Art International and I'm Kathy Bird. Today we take you to Miami Beach, Florida, inside the Untitled Art Fair during Art Week 2016. You're about to meet a fierce feminist artist, Zoe Buckman. She's British-born and based in New York City. Her mixed media installations Spoken word, sound art, and public art zero in on women's rights. Our conversation revolves around politics. Just weeks after the 2016 United States presidential election, Republican Donald Trump surprised the world by defeating Hillary Clinton, the first female candidate for president in United States history. Clinton was widely favored to win. The election outcome has brought attention to Zoe Buckman's point of view. You have a piece in the Pulse Art Fair called Champ that's gotten a lot of attention. Mm-hmm. And let's talk about that piece and what it means.
1: So it's, um, it's a neon sculpture. It hangs from the ceiling. It's totally three-dimensional and it's purple neon. And it's basically a uterus. It's the outline of the female reproductive system. But where the ovaries are, I've placed boxing gloves. People derive different meanings from the piece. I've had lots of different readings from different women saying, I feel like this is about rape. I feel like this is about women's rights. I feel like this is about my period. I feel like this is about polycystic ovaries. I feel like this is about trying to get pregnant. So that's super rewarding for me, for the work to be received in a bunch of different ways.
0: It really, for me, portrays the power of women's fertility. Yes.
1: Yeah. I actually, I intended it that way, and also to illustrate the fact that we're very much in fight mode right now. As women here, I'm, I'm now an American citizen, so I consider this my country. This is my chosen country. I'm very concerned about the war on women right now, the fight for our reproductive rights, the fight for our rights and access to sexual health care as well as obviously equal pay and just general equality. It's incredibly worrying. Uh, I started to make this body of work. It's called mostly It's Just Uncomfortable. I started to make it a couple of years ago around when both parties were starting to heat up for the election and there was a lot of talk about abortion and about Planned Parenthood and I've lived here for three election cycles now and It always infuriates me how this is just a repetitive debate and conversation. And in the run-up to an election, you hear all types of crazy statements and arguments from some of the Republican officials. And I guess this time around, I was like, I can't not make work about it. So I started to create these small sculptural entities, these gynecological surgical instruments, and I was powder-coating them. And just kind of vibing and seeing how how that work was coming along and at the very same time a friend of mine suggested that I learn how to box yes um, let's talk about yeah that. you have your own boxing practice I do now. I have um, I have quite a religious boxing practice
0: where do you I practice really, in New
1: York? Where you, I practice your... at Church Street Boxing Gym, which is downtown.
0: And I saw, I noticed that you did a performance project there during Freeze. Tell yeah. me about that.
1: What, yeah, what that, place was, there? Um, that was for an organization called The Cultivist, and they wanted to use the boxing ring as a stage for performance, but they wanted to use artists who don't typically incorporate performance into their artwork so that it felt... I guess, new and and unexpected and different. And they know it was curated by a woman called Joey Lico and an artist called Cheryl Pope. They reached out to me and said, can you do a performance in the ring? And I was like, ah, I don't don't really do that. I do write, I write poetry and spoken word pieces, but I never really intended to actually speak them myself. They pushed me to do it, and I did. And, And the reception was unexpectedly amazing and and it's something that um, I'm being encouraged to experiment more with. When I started boxing, I was learning obviously how to defend myself, how to defend my body and and then how to use my body to cause harm on other people, which is why I decided to bring boxing into my practice at that time because I felt very much under threat. Again, as as I was saying, as women in this country, in this political climate, I felt like we're under attack. So the boxing started to feed into my artistic practice. And then it also reminded me, when I I was sparring, and it reminded me of certain times in my life that I've been fighting, whether actually physically fighting or emotionally, discursively fighting. It reminded me of this exchange I had with this Hindu spiritual leader. His name was Swamiji, and he came from India to New York, to give a talk that I attended. I was super excited to hear him speak. And it turned out that I found him to be the most racist, sexist, xenophobic man I've ever actually met. And so had. shocking. Shocking. And a day later, I had a one-on-one sit down with him, and we ended up for about two hours going round after round, arguing, and it got quite heated. And I was challenging him, I didn't intend to, but I ended up challenging him because I couldn't stand what he was saying. So the poem's really about that, and it was also happened to be... It happened to take place, this fight happened to take place a week after I had actually terminated a pregnancy. So it was a weird, difficult time. And Very the fraught, pieces, a fraught moment yeah, for you emotionally. Exactly. And then I end up discussing women's rights with someone and having to then argue for them after having just been through that. So so that's what the, the piece is about. Let's listen. The sluggish swami sat slumped on my brethren's sofa just south of 117th Street. Dressed in orange puma gear, his chubby upper lip was sprinkled with wispy hairs that I'm sure were feeling quite scared of this chilly January blitz. He looked about 19. He looked bored. He looked like he was less than keen. But he asked me why I'd come to see him, and I decided to yet again be ingratiating. Why? because he was in all orange and I was in jeans. You should know better, Buckman, I say to myself whenever I replay this fucking scene. So I sit there, and I try to respectfully explain that I found some of yesterday's talk difficult to maintain. I mean, amazing, of course, but with him being so wise and well-taught, and us being so keen and hungry for the knowledge and so pleased that he's come to visit us and chosen our group of enthusiasts to impart some of his wisdom to. Of course, I'm on it, Swami G. I am honored, has said, but I do, I do find some of it hard to wrap my head around because, of course, I'm a woman, a Western woman, and I'm afforded certain freedoms, and so it's difficult for me to receive some of the teachings you were teaching. You see, because, well, some of them, Swami G, just some of them, sort of seem to pitch women below men. That's all, really. I mean, respectfully. And then the sluggish Swami leant forward. And began to recite what I can only call the most racist, sexist, xenophobic rhetoric I've ever heard anyone spit in the flesh. Like, yeah, I've read backwards shit and I've seen it on the telly and all the rest, but I've never sat inches away from someone who was actually trying to say that in his village, women must stay in the home or else they'll be raped by Muslims, And whilst in the home, it's better for them to cook and clean because women can't possibly receive the same spiritual fruit as men because they bleed each month, and the pain of the menstrual cycle is not conducive to learning the Vedas, which is basically the Hindu Bible. And because I am my mother's daughter, and because I am my grandmother's granddaughter, and because I am my father's daughter, and because I am my daughter's mother, and because I am sister to my brothers, I challenged him. Like... I really tried to challenge this stupid, now slightly sweaty, sluggish Swami. And as I did, I began to get a little sweaty myself. And as I went round and round in cycles with the imbecilic, completely ridiculous wannabe rishi, I realised that I wasn't actually sweating at all, you see. I was bleeding. In my jeans, on my brethren's sofa just south of 117th Street, I was the walking proof of a Western woman who had exercised her right to choose. And they told me I should probably expect some bleeding. But my mind had always been two steps ahead of my body, and my body had been holding on, so I hadn't experienced anything other than the weight of our decision, the relief and the grief of it. But in that moment, sat on that sofa, I smiled for the first time in a week. And I let the ramblings of this unfortunate, ignorant, infantile boy blow away with the Harlem wind. And I thought to myself, I'm gonna be here in the spring.
0: Wow, that's a powerful piece, Zoe. Thank you. I'm, I'm really impressed. And I think yeah. there's a lot of courage in you, your work and also in just you now, Talking openly about mm. making a decision that you did. Yeah, it's very hard for women, any woman, to do, and mm-hmm. certainly not on the radio. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. It's being a Brit. It's it's kind of staggering to me the the difference between how the topic of abortion is viewed in the UK versus how it is here. So, you know, just so you know, in the UK, and hopefully this will remain. We're not sure what the current state of affairs there, but. If a woman seeks to terminate a pregnancy before 12 weeks, not only can she do that for free and on the National Health Service, but she's also offered free counselling afterwards because the state recognises that no matter what the reason, it's actually a very difficult decision to arrive to and it can be traumatic, whatever the circumstances. Whereas here, you're not offered free counselling, you're not offered that procedure for free and now... There are even, state by states, the laws are being changed to prevent women from even having access to terminations. So it's kind of staggering to me, the difference between the two countries that I call home with this topic.
0: Boxing is at the heart of One Round, a surround sound art piece designed to circle around the listener.
1: Simply put, it's the sound of... A speed bag being hit repetitively, a bell is sounded, and then in one speaker you start to hear this kind of, and it it then grows and floods into all six speakers, so that when you're stood in the middle, it becomes this crescendo, and then when the bell sounds, it drops off from all six. So it is really simple. For me, it's it's about marrying the boxing gym and the strength and the endurance and the sort of testosterone heavy environment in a boxing gym to female-centric experiences like childbirth, because I believe that what women go through requires as much, if not more, endurance and strength and power that um, being a professional athlete requires. We're pretty amazing.
0: Zoe has really mixed feelings about the current
1: interest in her work. Since the election, I've had more opportunities coming my way. It kind of pisses me off that this has been good for my career. I rather smugly imagined that the piece that's hanging at Pulse right now that we were just discussing, I felt that it would... Today, because I just assumed that Hillary Clinton would be president, I thought that it would feel, it would have this jubilant feeling to it and that the sculpture would be empowering and people would be like, yay, we did it, we did that. And actually, that's not the reception of it because that's not what happened. Um, We're still in fight mode, we're even more in fight mode and it's very bittersweet to be sharing that piece right now.
0: This is Fresh Art International. I'm Kathy Bird. My conversation with feminist artist Zoe Buckman communicates the energy that she brings to all her work. In galleries and art fairs, on murals and in boxing gyms, we can count on her to champion women's rights. Learn more about Zoe and see her work on freshartinternational.com. If you like what you're hearing, please follow and share on Instagram and Twitter at freshartintl. We'd love for you to rate and review this episode on iTunes. You can find us anywhere you go for podcasts. Thank you for listening. Stay tuned for more contemporary art talk.